What's up, everyone? Welcome to a bonus release episode of the Inking Out Loud podcast, available for everyone to listen to. I'm your host, Rob Santos, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my co-host, Drew McCaffrey. How's it going, everybody? And Drew and I decided that uh, this is our last chance. It had just occurred to us. We wanted to have one final discussion before the actual Wheel of Time show airs on November 19th, which Drew is only eight days away at this point. Seven? No, eight days away at this point. I just crossed midnight here. (laughs) So... We're just going to talk about our impressions over this past year and change because we did already have one special episode dedicated to like the casting that that were being that was being revealed at the time. Like I want to say it was at least two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've had more casting reveals. We've had set pieces unveiled. We have had trailers released. We've sure have. <laughs> we have so much more to talk about today than we did on our last themed episode about the show. So let's dive right in. I'll start us off broad. I want to settle in on the fine details as we go along. So I'll just ask, what are your general impressions going into it? Um, so for most of this process, uh, it has been cautious optimism. Uh, at this point, I think it's it's become mostly just excitement. Although there's still a little bit of, of caution threaded throughout it. Um, and, and and I think uh, today, actually, so today was n- November 10th, uh, the like press embargo was lifted and there was this huge outpouring of interviews and articles and, and things like that. And there were a couple of things in there that mm, has me feeling a little bit of trepidation that I didn't before. Um, sure. Just some of yeah, the yeah, things yeah. Rafe said. Um, I, I don't love some of the assumptions he seems to be making. Uh, but overall, I, I'm definitely excited for this show. I, I think the trailers have looked largely good. Um, the, the production quality looks very high. I'm excited to see how these actors you know, handle the roles beyond just, you know, like a, a couple of five second clips here and there, you know, in like a minute and a half trailer. Um, but mostly it's, it's just like, look, this is a series that I've read and loved for now two thirds of my life. And yeah. I'm finally getting to see it on the screen. Yeah. You described yourself as being, uh, if you were like, you said, uh, uh, cautiously optimistic i believe yeah. i i think i land around the same level but my trend i th- i want to say is inverse i, I think what, what, what i would say is what i'm feeling is reluctant pessimism hmm. um i mean i i do I, I will be the first to admit that i am a skeptic i am a, a pretty cynical person at times you know like like where you have your background in, in writing drew that's where i have my background in film granted i don't have a master's degree in it or a creative you know but you know i spent a solid 10 years of my life doing it i spent like a decade of my life wanting to either be a director or a video editor i studied that at a, a you know an amateur level in college but i remember being really invested in it so it's it's hard for me to lose myself in a movie that way that the way i immerse myself in a book i'm constantly wandering around the scene in my mind when i'm watching it i'm thinking about composition i'm thinking about practical effects i'm thinking wow how many takes did that one shot need you know uh, what was that a drone shot or are they using a jib you know oh damn that line didn't seem to match up was that done in adr you know film is such a technical love of mine where the wheel of time on the 
opposite hand represents an artistic love of mine. So I'm so trepidatious. That's, that's a great word for it, Drew. I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I'm anxious that it's going to be like an, an oil and water thing. But this is very, very, very subjective. These are my own personal reasons, Rob Santos, for being apprehensive about the show that a lot of other people seem to be losing their minds over. And so I'm hoping that I'm wrong. That's what I'm thinking. Sure, but I'll explain yeah. what that yeah. wrong is <laughs> as we go on. <laughs> so I also wrote down some questions that we might just want to, I might just want to like, talk about today. But uh, did you have anything in particular you want to open up with? Or how are we going to structure this one? Yeah, well, I, I figured we could just kind of talk about what our expectations are for the first season. Maybe like throw a couple of predictions out there for what what yeah. things we we think they may change or keep. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I the I guess I'll ask you what you think of the trailers in particular. Then we have to move on to the trailers because those are the the biggest things, right? Sure. Yeah. For us, because uh, we have two to uh -huh. talk about. We have a teaser from a couple of months ago, and we have an official trailer from a couple of weeks ago. Let's talk about the first one. What was your like, What were your impressions after that first one? Do you remember? Um, I do remember. Uh, mostly giddiness, uh -huh. because that was okay. that was like the real first time I, you know, other than like the the tiny little, you know, two second character clips they did, uh, you know, promo things. It was the first real look at one of, if not my favorite, you know, book series ever uh, on the screen. And uh, it, it took a while before I could kind of step back and, and evaluate it instead of just watching it and getting giddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and at a, a remove of, you know, yeah, about a couple of months now, it's like, Okay, um, it is a little strange for a, a teaser. Uh, it it did feel a lot more aimed at existing book readers than the official trailer is. Um, the, the teaser trailer was a little more opaque in terms of what's going on and had a lot of things in it that's like, it, it won't make any sense outside of context. And so it's like, all right, well, the readers have the context. So that one felt like it was directed at us. Yeah. Hmm. And the second, like you said, like the second was, was more of like, you're just trying to cast a wide net. It seems like, but I like that. I'd actually, the second one, I, I preferred the first trailer. I yeah. was not entirely impressed with. I, I remember thinking three distinct things about the first one. I remember thinking, wow, land looks way too young and too good looking. You know, I remember thinking the Murdral doesn't, look anything like I imagined it had like an almost a circular like leech like mouth on it and I don't think my head cannon is particularly off so I was like mm, what's going on there but I also remember thinking these set pieces and the scenery every the location these are all absolutely phenomenal like I wasn't left with too much excitement beyond the the aesthetic you know, I was more anxious than anything else. Again, again, these are two huge parts of my life. It's kind of like if you have, you know, you introduce your best friend to your childhood best friend, and you're kind of just anxious about how their chemistry is going to be in a little bit. But that second trailer made me feel a lot better. I, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, they're obviously in full swing for the marketing now. Um, yeah. I saw a few more things that seemed 
more epic, more emotional. It gave me more confidence that that like as to the potential of the show. But I still want to remain skeptical. After the first trailer, I will admit this might piss some people off. I was expecting a three out of ten after that first trailer. After the second, seven. I'm expecting a seven. I'm not going to be disappointed for a six, but I'm hoping to get the opportunity to stand atop the world and proclaim how wrong I am and how wrong I always was, you know, about this show. If it turns out to be awesome, I am serious. I I need to think of something to to promise, you know, some sort of thing that I will do if I turn out to be wrong, because I I am so willing to be. Yeah, I mean, I I think my biggest fears for the show have mostly been LA'd um, in terms of just the production quality. Like, Oh, I love uh, Yes. I mean, I mean, some of the, some of the shots in this, in the official trailer were just stunning. Oh my God. Uh, the, it's, yeah. I, I cannot get over the looks at Faldara and the blood. Yes. <laughs> cannot get over it. Like, oh. holy cow. The silhouette um, of who I assume is Agalmar with the shoulders. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, the pauldrons. I should. I just. Ah. Uh, it just. It's so nice. It's so yeah. nice. I love the aesthetic there. Um, and there, there's something about the, the contrast, the color contrast in those brief shots of the Battle of the Shining Walls, uh, mm. that are just burned into my memory. And I'm like, if if they can capture that kind of magic throughout this show yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna really enjoy this mm-hmm. yeah yeah like, and how like here's another question how faithful to the books does it have to be not to disappoint you like how much leeway elbow room are you willing to give it what I'm, kind of changes are you willing to accept i'm willing to be pretty lenient in terms of uh changes from the books i for a couple of reasons uh one being that you know, it, it's an adaptation. Like, it's just plain impossible to stick to the books as they were written by Robert Jordan. Yeah, that'd be just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the second one is that it's not necessarily a bad thing to change source material. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time was based on a book, but is a dramatically different story from the book it was based on, and that is Blade Runner. Oh. Uh, if if you read Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, I think it's a fine book. Uh, I really enjoyed Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, but Blade Runner is doing something very different. But it succeeds at doing something different, and I don't hold that against it because it's different from the book. I can evaluate them both, uh, you know, on their own merits, and I enjoy both of them a great deal. And I'm yeah. hoping that's what's going to happen here with the Wheel of Time. But there, there, there has to be a limit at some point. I imagine where it'd be like, sure. okay, what's going on there? How? I'm not even asking if you think there's going to be, but how? Like, yeah, how drastic of a change are we talking here? That would just be like, oh, come on. I like. Well, yeah, uh, like, not that I ever thought that this was going to be the case, but there was a great deal of consternation in the Wheel of Time fandom after the official trailer, where it's like. Uh, some people were convincing themselves that they were making Eggween the Dragon Reborn. And... Oh my god, could you imagine? And, and like, oh. that kind of change, yes, that would have been a, a deal breaker for me. I know? mean, I wouldn't have watched the show at that point. I just yeah, would not like, have watched it. Like that that would have that been like, alright, this is... You might as well not call it the Wheel of Time if that yeah, was going to be yeah, what like, was going to um, happen. But, but that is... 
by all accounts, that is not happening. You know, yeah, one yeah, of the, yeah. in one of those Rafe Judkins interviews that came out today, he he talks about how they are trying to play up the mystery of who the Dragon Reborn is right. much more in the show than it was in the book. And yeah. I and I like that choice. Uh, but he also says straight out, he's like, anybody who's read the books knows who the dragon is. Yeah. Okay, so, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have to cut a lot of things, many things, very many things to keep this digestible. That's important, digestible in a TV format. You know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're never going to have everyone agreeing on what needed or didn't need to be cut. I tend to be one a little harder to please than Drew. I want the source material to be followed as closely as possible. But then that... That, that word there possible that's the problematic word because you have to you know justify certain cuts in order to keep them in a digestible format like here uh there are a right. few things i wouldn't be okay with them changing there are a few things i wouldn't mind at all but uh i yeah it, it's like uh, the series I, is so just, popular for a reason that's uh, what i feel it is yeah it it's is. so popular for a reason and i hope um, those reasons are maintained i, I I, I'm just willing to grant um, more leeway. Like, I, I am certain there are going to be things in the show that make me roll my eyes. Uh, sure. I'm absolutely certain of that. Uh, that's just the reality of any adaptation. Uh, but, but I'm probably on the, the spectrum that's more willing to just roll my eyes and move on and enjoy the show for what it is. Than yeah, some people. I'm a party pooper. So. I am a grump. I'm a curmudgeonly bastard in these kinds of ways, you know. Although, like, we the one bit of lore that they are changing that I read that they are changing. I did read this today. I'm pretty sure this is this is from Rafe himself. Um, they're changing a bit of lore to indicate that a soul doesn't necessarily need to keep a static gender through all Correct. of their rebirths. The dragon could or even had been female in the past. I don't like that change myself, but I'm just thinking about how it's going to balance with the magic system in the lore because, you know, like yeah. a large part of my pitch for the Wheel of Time, especially during the incredibly rare times I have the opportunity to appropriately suggest something of this magnitude upon somebody to read the Wheel of Time. I, I, my, a large part of my pitch is that it's the story told over ages of redemption. It's the story of pride, fall, rebirth, and, and hope of one beautiful soul. And that's what the dragon represents to me, Rob Santos. He and Sidine represent violence, volatility, change, Sidar with peace, cultivation, guidance. You know, what are the implications of having a female dragon? Would those alternate realities or pasts feature a tainting of Sidar? Like, we, I haven't looked too much into this. I'm, I'm trying not to hype myself yeah. up too much for it. But it, no, I, I, logistically, I do, it's hard. Uh, this is one of those things that I'm like, I... I I feel a little trepidation for. Mm -hmm. uh, it does sound like Rafe is like he's aware of the implications of this. Uh, that this isn't something they're just changing willy nilly. It, it, and and I did appreciate in in that particular article. I think it was the uh, the deadline one, um, where he talks he, and and he's frank about it. And he says this is a substantial change to the lore and this is going to have ripple effects throughout the story and this is something that we have to address as we're writing the story and and i appreciated that because when when these rumors started coming out and and the information from the trailers and the teasers that this was a possibility there were a lot of people who were 
more than willing to just jump to the defense of the show blindly and be like, oh, well, it's not that big a change. It doesn't have any implications. It's not that big a deal. It's like, yes, it does. It does have implications. It is a big deal. This is a major lore changing yeah. shift. And I'm glad that Rafe, at least, is admitting that that is the case and saying, we are addressing that in the show. We're not just making this change just, and moving on and breaking the world. Yeah, I'm just concerned about the logistics yeah. of addressing that. Although, they did logistically address something that I wasn't expecting and I'm totally fine with now. I was originally in, in, uh, like expressing a little bit of just bafflement over the uh, the, the, the very distinct, or I should say the, the very distinct ethnic diversity of all the, the Amon's fielders. But they, mm-hmm. they wrote that the breaking of the world in the canon in the show is that the breaking of the world literally displaced nations of people and, and, and pushed them together, spread them apart. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That was never really specified in the books that that was the reason for a huge diversity, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And I was like, oh, I, that one concern of mine has been totally allayed, to use your word. I like that. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think that's... Uh, at least just from the the looks we've seen into the two rivers largely an overblown issue that the fandom has you know like made a bigger deal than it should be like as long as rand looks different that's all yeah. that matters you yeah know? rand like, should look the most distinct i imagine <laughs> and and he does like most of the people in that town yeah. look more or less the same dark and then hair, rand stands eye. out right you know? right right so like that that i don't like I don't care about. Though that, I'm still you know? really <laughs> intrigued, really intrigued that they made Min Farsha an, an actress of Japanese Chinese descent, even though she's from Beijing. Uh, she's from yeah, like an so hour or not am, a week away. Maybe this is a prediction, you know, thing. I, I am nearly certain they are making her Shianaran because we are not going to Berlin in the show. That's awesome. That would be so yeah. cool if she turned out they're going to run into her in Faldara. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I looked at her and I thought, this is how my I I picture Fayil. Which was Saldanian, obviously, not Shayanarin, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty hot, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe an inappropriate uh, comment, but I'll say, you know. But, but yeah, like, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that Min's nationality doesn't really matter much right. in the Wheel of yeah, Time. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's not one of these characters who is identified by her nation of birth. I imagine. Uh, She's she's this sort of free agent, so it's like, all right, yeah, cool. It's fine with me that, for logistic budgetary reasons, you're cutting Berlon. All right, cool. As long as yeah. Min stays in the show and is more or less the same like character in personality and substance, I don't care if she's Andorin or Shianarin or Kyrianin or Domani or Sharin. whatever. Yeah, the damn hell. it! Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> as, sure. as long as as long as she is Min, yeah, you know. I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. If they make her Saldean too, and it's like, ah, okay, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. That would be wonderful. But, but in terms Saldean, of Chinar, when you're addressing fitting uh, this epic book, The Eye of the World, into one season of eight episodes, eight hours of TV, you know, like uh, with a, a a large budget, but a restricted budget. They're, they can't spend infinite dollars on this. Right, right. It but makes a lot budget. of sense to cut Berlon and move her to Faldara. Yeah. Um, one concern I had, it was just something I had read uh, a quote from Rafe himself. 
and and he had wrote he had written he had wrote oh my god listen to me um he, he had said i think what's exciting about the wheel of time tv series and what was exciting about the books in the 90s is that they opened up a conversation about gender and how gender is represented in all of these different cultures within the world of the wheel of time because it's not just one way you see a lot of different representations of gender you see things that are more binary and less binary. I think we have to lean into that in the show and continue to explore what gender means for these characters in as fresh of a context today as Robert Jordan was working in in the 90s. He was pushing the envelope a lot for the genre at the time, and I think we need, need to do the same today. So I read that, and I had, I, just, I had to stop, and I was thinking, how was Robert Jordan pushing the envelope, proverbially speaking, at the time? I feel like uh, the strong polarity thing, the idea of binary, of duality, it's just pretty traditional, I feel like. What, and that was really heavily the, focused the point, on. The point that Rafe is making there is that it, it was not common when the Wheel of Time first came out for there to be so many and so varied primary female point of view characters in a, in a fantasy. Okay. Most fantasy stories 30 years ago, 40 years ago, were driven by one or two male main characters. And Robert Jordan was writing about much more of a balance. Sure, sure. But then he goes yeah. on to say he was pushing the envelope a lot for the genre at the time, and I think we need mm -hmm. to do the same today. So what genre pushing, or what envelope pushing are we going to be doing in 2021? Uh, this is this is one of the things where I, I'm a little like, eh, uh, where I think Rafe is being a little presumptuous. I don't, I don't see any envelope pushing happening in the wheel of time that hasn't already been happening uh, in the wheel of time tv show that hasn't already been happening in fantasy for the last decade right right like, like, there, there have been so many so many books that deal with gender and identity and 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 doing experimental things with point of view uh there there's nothing new that the wheel of time tv show is going to be doing this yeah. is this is wraith playing it up for the for marketing purposes. Yeah. I'm just, and uh, this is, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's just, I was going to say, I hate to draw the comparison to game of Thrones. Cause that's what everybody's going to be doing. But I did want to say that game of Thrones seemed to get along just fine without needing to kind of conform itself and shape itself around, you know, toward identity mm -hmm. politics in 2021. I'm, I'm just a little worried that this show may be more susceptible to that because it's trying to gain a foundation and to, 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 to yeah, get that's, started that's definitely a fair uh worry but i also think it it does make sense because the books absolutely do deal with identity politics like in a way that a song of not and fire does not but not in the, in the ways that i worry may be addressed in again a more 2021 envelope pushing fashion right. i don't know yeah yeah um i'm trying to be as diplomatic about that as possible no, no I, I get what you mean but my last question what do you think people will be saying about this show in a year's time? And then, in, let's, and, then, and then in 10 years' time. But let's talk about one year's time. What do you think people will not... What do you hope? What do you actually see people saying in a year's time, if you could predict? Uh, I, I think this show is going to generate a, a healthy amount of interest. I think the first season is going to be a success. And a year from now, when we're gearing up for season two, there is going to be even more increased interest. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like some massive popularity explosion like Game of Thrones, but I do think it's going to be successful and is going to see a large viewership with hmm. 
because of the way they're releasing the episodes uh widespread sustained online discussion yeah yeah i do i do approve uh approve of that even though of course on day one i'm going to be finishing episode three and going oh my god why don't i want this <laughs> but uh yeah obviously you know in, in being able to pull yourself out of that and take a look at it from in, in a large picture it's yeah it makes a lot of sense and i do approve of that decision i like that there's going to be a lot of discussion yeah. week by week going into these nights and what and look sorry. amazon is pouring money into this the yeah marketing gotta... over the last month has been insane there oh, have yeah. been ads in the world series there are billboards in major cities like they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff some of these you know pre pre premiere screenings uh on the 15th they're doing one in france in a literal castle like oh really yeah like it's oh, no. gonna be it's going to be crazy. Oh, no. Uh, I think they're doing everything right in terms of drumming up interest in advance of season one premiere. It's so surreal to see the Wheel of Time out and about in the real world in places. How weird is yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to answer my own question, I hope that we will, all of us, be rightfully smug in our places as the Wheel of Time hipsters who always knew the series was good before these stupid TV show plebs showed up. But... <laughs> My confidence in that outcome, unfortunately, isn't very high, and I, I need to apologize to everyone. I'm sorry. I am a curmudgeon. At the moment, I see this going the route of Legend of the Seeker more than Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, absolutely not. The, I keep... no, the, the amount of money behind this compared to what, like, the, this is not even in the same ballpark as, like, I'm Legend of the Seeker or Shauna Ra like or any of those. This is yeah. this is a totally different But league. I keep my like... expectations low that way. <laughs> As a particularly clever character says, all surprises are pleasant ones. I am, I'm really excited. I'm so stoked for Rosamund Pike's Moiraine. I'm really looking forward to Josh's Rand. After there's that brief shot near the end of that second trailer, where he's drawing the arrows. You can see the tears in his eyes. That one hits me so good every time. I'm excited for the the, the gorgeous scenery, the brilliant and and intricate, masterful set pieces. I don't think I'll be too impressed with the one power, but that's not the show's fault. It's just, it's hard to demonstrate visually. <laughs> Yeah, you know? that that is that is probably the single most difficult thing to translate from the yeah. books to to the screen. Yeah. But I mean, it has been pretty neat to share the trailers with friends and family and explain mm -hmm. to them that you know, uh, as I saw the one article was titled, I don't want to claim uh, ownership or, or creation of this quote, but uh, this isn't the next Game of Thrones. This is the damn original. You know. Yeah. I um, I, I want to see Shadow Logoth. I want to see the ways. I want to see the Aiel. I need to see Rand and Tamal Thor having time on screen. I'm I'm pretty psyched for that. Yes. Uh, did you see the the new teaser today that focuses on the three boys? I saw a very low res version of it through like a Twitter link that I yeah. didn't finish yeah. watching because it was buffering, and I was like, "Ugh." Yeah, it, I it definitely made me excited. Um, we got a shot of pair and golden eyes. Oh, know? we got the golden eyes. I remember seeing that. Like, yep, they're as as much as it would be easy for me to just like pick this apart i keep coming back to to the baseline fact that this series is one of my deepest loves in the world and there are some things that i'm seeing in these trailers and teasers that like i just lose all uh, objectivity and i'm i'm like holy shit yes 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's, I mean, oh, I, I, I hope that this is going to draw a similar reaction from a lot of people in the future, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's something I want people on each side of the spectrum of hype, the hype spectrum or expectation spectrum to remember. For those that are hyping the show to the point that I'm hearing you say things like, oh my God, I'm crying, or this is one of the biggest things that ever happened to me, you're, I don't, don't invest too much into it. I, I worry that your love of the series is going to end up being what hurts you the most if it turns out to suck. Then again, <laughs> no matter how bad it could possibly be, there's always going to be someone who thinks it's amazing. It's an art form. And for others, like myself, the naysayers, the skeptics, the cynics, we have to be prepared to proclaim the absolute and staggering magnitude of our wrongness if this show turns out to be a big hit. Some of us are just naturally grumpy, and we should not let our jaded worldview infect the excitement of others. There's always a possibility that our belly aching could be the thing that ruins it for someone else. Though then again, if you really think the show is that amazing... Our opinions shouldn't matter much to you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that should about wrap it up, though. We, we do want to keep this one short. Yep. Yep, that was my last line. Thank you uh, very much. I, we don't have, like, a final draft put forth. I mean, I'm, I've just been no. iced raspberry water, flavored water. It's nice, but not worth really. Yeah, yeah, no no final draft for, for a Waxing. little random um, bonus episode like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but this was like but, our last opportunity to get this out, so we had to. But do it. you know, it, as you said, we don't know what this is going to turn out to be like. We can have our expectations, we can have our our theories and our our fears and and worries and and excitement. But as Warren says, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. <laughs>